You're listening to Chew on That. And here's what we're chewing on today. Weeks ago, I was speaking in Kentucky and I had an afternoon off. And so I decided that I would go and tour Fort Knox. This was before Google. So I didn't know what their hours were. I didn't know what the security protocol was. I just knew that I'd read an article about the things that had been housed there. The original constitution, the Declaration of Independence, a rough draft of the Gettysburg Address, the Magna Carta, a Gutenberg Bible, a whole bunch of opium, which I thought would be dope to see. And what really I wanted to do was I wanted to hold a gold bar. But, but when I got there, I was super disappointed because you couldn't take a tour or hold the gold. That joint's on lockdown. It is surrounded by fences and gates and barbed wire. Not only are the walls concrete lined granite reinforced with steel, but large portions of the building are underground, which makes it impervious to bombing. On top of that, the land between the fences and the building is laced with landmines. It's regarded as the most heavily guarded place on the planet. Why? because the vast majority of the government's supply of gold is still being held there. 147.3 million ounces of gold at $1,816 an ounce as of yesterday. That's just shy of $268 billion worth of gold. If it were to be stolen, it wouldn't only affect the United States economy, but the entire world economy would be devastated. So there's no length they won't go to protect it. I want to talk about that concept from a spiritual perspective today in a message we're calling Guard the Gospel. Welcome to Chew on That. My name is Pastor Keith, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in good old Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, I have two questions. Okay. Um, here's my first. Oh, the, uh, hi, I'm Dallas. Hi, I'm Megan. Uh, well, I, I, my, thanks for my, my, thanks my, for joining us, guys. My script isn't yeah. done. Uh, oh, I, I just, oh. You, why you did were, you pause? That was a really <laughs> long pause. It's a long pause for dramatic effect. Oh, it was a very long pause. Like <laughs> Green Bay, I, Wisconsin. I don't. I don't know if if la, 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 I think this is going to be this. <laughs> Like, I think I think my I think my my phone died. Yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Because the music's still playing. That's true. All right, all right, okay. All right. This week we're discussing week number four from the sermon series to Timothy. Again, my name is Pastor Keith, and joining me as always today is Pastor Dallas Cox. Hello, and Megan. Hi. Hi. Again, to Timothy, N- not one. There's two. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? When did you one show up? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the soundbite that we opened with. Yes. Okay. Fort Knox, baby. So two questions I have. One yeah. actually has nothing to do with the soundbite, but but our background music. What is that? What is she saying in the song? Are <laughs> uh, there words? I think, yeah, yeah. But I hear it like, yeah, yeah. I, I thought come she said on. all day. I think like, she says, come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe. Or I always like. I hear, uh-huh. Sometimes I hear all day, oh. all day. <laughs> I just hear, uh-huh. Yeah. And um, for too long, I have- uh, For thought, far too long. For far too long, I thought, um, you know what? I think I know what this is, but I never questioned it. Uh, and today I'm going to question it. Um, what is opium? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is weird. <laughs> What's Do you guys a, need to call my parents before you tell me? Yeah, I don't know. Are we allowed to have this conversation right now? Did, did you fill out your permission slip? I, yeah, it's signed. Yep. I, I can have Shelby come down and just say, hey, can, 
Can they talk, tell me what opium is? I, like, I know it's like, it's drugs. It's a plant. A plant. Mm-hmm. What does it do? It's a plant-based drug. It's a... Uh, why are you guys looking Pain, at me? Painkiller? I know. I Let me know look at me. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's uh, a it's, you know what it's like I a, know it, about opium? I Sherlock Holmes okay. used opium, and so I've I love the Sherlock Holmes movies, and yeah. I don't know, I'm just kind of into that like yeah. time period. I think it's kind of weird and quirky and cool. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think he smoked opium out of a long <laughs> like pipe thing. A, a long pipe. pipe. They smoked it out of like long pipes in the early 1900s. Am I right? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But what does okay, it do? Cool. Is it I like think you a, just get a high? Yeah, okay, so yeah, it's just like a, a pain, pain, killer, a painkiller yeah. thing. Is it hallucinatory? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you get okay. you, you definitely you get more lucid uh, thoughts. Okay, oh, okay, okay. But uh, you don't you don't see like critters running around though. So the real question you know? is, why is there so much opium at Fort Knox? Right. Actually, I have zero of, idea. Of all the confiscated drugs they could have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll Just take, opium. We'll, we'll take the opium. <laughs> we have all the opium. Where should we put it? <laughs> Fort Knox. Fort Knox. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that way they never touch that opium again. I don't know. That is really weird. What, is, is it confiscated? The whole the whole <laughs> intro when he was talking about Fort Knox, I kept thinking about uh, uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Be like, there's more gold than your Fort Knox, <laughs> which they were talking about the New York Reserve. Yes. Which they said uh-huh. that in New York, the reserve houses more gold than our Fort Knox, mm. which I don't know if it's accurate. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, I probably should have, should have Googled which one has more gold mm. uh, than Fort Knox. But yeah, the way he explains it actually didn't discourage me from wanting to go see it. It actually encouraged me more to want to go see yeah. what Fort Knox looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, concrete, granite. This place is sweet. The landmines. Yeah, the landmines. Bar- barbed wire. <laughs> yes. America, like, baby. Is, <laughs> don't, don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're coming off of uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yes. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Feels yep. like a Monday. It yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. So we, I just did the song bites a couple minutes ago. We don't have really much uh, rehearsal time with them. Why are you unpacking so much for the listeners? Well, I, I want to do it because- <laughs> Don't the, give away our secrets. Because Megan said that she's like, because Megan normally takes notes and Megan's uh-huh. notes are very- like they're they're good. They're really they're good. They're good nuggets. But she's like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna Not fly today. loose. I'm gonna fly <laughs> loose on this one. So if, if you're like me, like when Megan starts talking, I'm like I'm like fully entranced and like uh huh. Keep going, keep going. And if Megan's just a little more lucid today, like it's not yeah. the, it's not the opium. It's, <laughs> It's she, that's all in Fort Knox. She, yeah. she, so. ju- she just got the sound bites five minutes ago. So. Yeah. So we'll see how good I am off the cuff. I mean, hey, I was I was in service, so you know, and yeah. I sat there. So I feel like if I don't have something, then that's... So she's looking at Dallas. <laughs> I, yeah. I was I'm there. Little, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I, was, I was in kid's service, but I always I do this tradition when I can't be in service that right when I get home, I uh, I pull up the video and I just watch. I do the video. I don't I do not do audio. I, I do the video because I want to watch and I want to see his kind of inflections. I also want to put myself in the area of church too. But yeah, but I do want to be in there and I think... I think this weekend I will be in service. So uh, come catch me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a gangbusters of a, of a worship set. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to be in for a good one. The nice. Week. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? Uh, this, this message was great. I mean, this series is great. I mean, it's, he is not pulling punches, man. He no. is really, uh, which is great. I think that's what we appreciate about our pastor is he, I think, and he says it and he goes, you know, you shouldn't, skim through it. I, I love one of the sayings he said is, is, um, a task without, without purpose 
is just a job. I can't remember what it was. It was such a good oh, line. I should have wrote yeah, it down. Shoot, I did write it down. I didn't bring my phone with me, but yeah. yeah, I think it was something to that effect. Yeah, like when you don't have purpose, it, it like and pretty much saying like when you're reading scripture, don't just skim through. Like mm-hmm. dig in, and 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 I think that's what we're getting with Second Timothy. Is we're getting a digged in approach to the scriptures, and and the context and all of the history. And I think it's I love it. So, For sure. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I back then support that one hundred percent. I mean, there's what eighty three verses or so in in that in that letter, and it's one that you can seriously knock out in four minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, but like I, I, he said something in in this in the service, something like this isn't like if you just have this plane in the background while you're putting your makeup on. And I thought about my wife. I'm like, that's exactly what she does. I was you gonna know? send out a staff text and be like, oh. I feel called out right now. Yeah. <laughs> just no. like, you know, are you, you can't listen to the, the, no, 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 no. you version and like play it while you're doing your makeup. I was like, it's me. Oh, oh I, but here's the thing. Like, I'll have the thing going on on my, on my, uh, Alexa, yeah. like through the house, the, the you version will just start, will go because like, my, like what pastor Dallas said, take, t- take time to unpack it, take time to for dissect sure. word for word. But then other times just play just, it, just play it. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's, I mean, if it's in and around you at all times, you're going to always get something. So good. Yes. You know, you're always so going to get. So like, as he was saying, like, if you just have it press play when you're doing your makeup, yeah. I'm like, that's totally what my wife does. Yeah. But you know what? I'd never, I'd never say to my wife, Hey, don't do, cause you're not paying attention. Don't do yeah, it. That's I'd crazy. say, heck yeah, let's jack yeah. that stuff up. Mm-hmm. I want to hear like, that. Put it on all speakers. Totally. I feel like sometimes I get more out of it when it's in a more casual environment like that, yeah. like something will stick out to me, um, that maybe I've just never heard or paid attention to. Cause I'm in a different mind space. I'm not so analytical. I'm just yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm more open. And so, Hmm. Wow. Never thought about it like that. That was really good. Yeah, and I, I get a lot of those. Yeah. Sometimes that's the thing that I carry with me the whole day. Not necessarily the thing I sat and poured over. Yeah. It depends, but one of my favorite times of the year is lawnmower, lawn mowing season. <laughs> lawnmower season. Because like, <laughs> like I'll put a, just put one yeah, earbud in totally. there because you'll want to keep one ear open because it's dangerous to be completely isolated while you're mowing the lawn. Right. So I'll, I'll put one earbud in and I'll just start a book. And if I'm out there for an hour and a half, two hours doing yeah. yard work, I mean, you tear through a Bible. If you're just, if you're at one and a half speed, yeah. just <laughs> go on book after book after book. Like you can do some stuff. And, and like, like you, Megan, like sometimes it'll be here in a storybook, just someone's reading me a book. And then there's that one sentence that'll pop and you're like, you stop the lawnmower, turn it off. And you're like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you lo- I, I, I would, I look up and like, Oh, I see what you did there, man. Yeah. I see. All right. All right. Yep. Start the lawnmower. Keep going. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm a, a very big advocate for saying, play the word, Yeah, mm. play the word at That's times, so dissect that thing, get into it, huh? mm-hmm. really dig into your meal. But then at times too, you'll be surprised on when those sentences are going to pop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Love it. And so when he wrote this letter, he knew this was it. He he knew that he had reached the end. He'd already had one trial. It hadn't gone well. Now his second trial was rapidly approaching. And in the stark reality of the imminence of his death, he wanted to write one final letter to entrust his spiritual son with this serious charge of taking over the mission and the mandate to take the message of Jesus to the outer reaches of the earth. 
Paul had been called to go places where no one else had ever or ever would go. And he's telling Timothy, I want you to take on this like huge responsibility. So he starts the first chapter with these three charges that we just talked about, concluding with the one that we're going to talk about today, which I think is probably the hardest of the three to guard the gospel. And and Paul's pretty specific in verse eight and nine on what it is that we're really guarding. He, He gives us three elements of our salvation. He, he gives us the character of our salvation. He gives us the source of our salvation. And third, he gives us the grounds of our salvation. God has called us to live a holy life. He, he destroyed death. He gave us access to a new life and immortality through his salvation. And Paul is saying that that salvation is comprehensive. It is a total salvation from sin that Jesus saved us from every sin we have committed, we are committed, and ever will commit. I love that. Total salvation. Total salvation from sin, have, are, and will. And I think what stood out to me is I think when you think of total salvation, I think there's two things that you have to remind yourself of. First thing is when it comes to total salvation from sin is you can't live in guilt because what your, your total salvation from you know what you have so your past or what you're going through but at the same time i think you can't take advantage of god's grace and not go to him when you have sin with the mindset well he's i have total salvation from sin so yeah so he'll forgive me but that but that's not the whole process of forgiveness isn't is to be reminded of it but also to go to him for it I still go to God and ask for forgiveness, even in my heart of hearts, knowing that he'll forgive me. But I still go to him because that's what relationship is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, we love it as parents and you'll love it too, is when a kid is just honest with you. You know, we rather them, and, 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 and you can maybe agree with me, Keith, like as a parent, I'd rather my kid tell me the truth. Uh, and, and I don't even, like that wins over the offense. Like, hey, you know what? I broke this. I'm really sorry, you know? And sometimes I'll go, you know what? Thank you for telling me the truth and we'll figure it out. Mm. And But that's got to be the, the thing is that they came to me. It's 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 tough as a parent, which is so funny because when I was a kid, I used to hate hearing my parents say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Uh, it, I get it now. I get it because you want to see that growth and maturity. And so when you have to go to them and and you catch them in a lie, you're like, oh. Man, why? But I know you're lying. <laughs> like yeah. you know, and it's it stinks. And so you you're more gracious. You're saying mm. like, hey, I just I just want the truth. Just tell me the truth. You know, and trying to get it out of them. And so, um, so that's what I think when I think of total salvation is, don't be held by guilt. Don't be held by shame. But at the same time, don't allow the knowledge of grace to overshadow your connection with God to the point where you just go, I don't need to go to Him. No. You, Go to him. That's what this is all about is relationship. Not just, God, I committed my sin, but like, God, help me not to do this thing again. Help me not to go down that path anymore. Help me to to identify the things that led me to that direction. So those are the kind of things that kind of popped out to me. I did write down notes today, which is very weird. Me and Megan uh, switched roles. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that, Dallas. That my, um, my understanding of my relationship with God has like been a lot more clear since my children mm-hmm. aged into toddler mm-hmm. and aged into three, four, five, mm. uh, six, seven. Yeah. Um, 
since becoming a dad, my understanding with how my father mm. operates with me has become a lot more clear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, and this, this whole message kind of reminded me of it's, it's what I feel like with my child. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you, like you said, I, I, the, the actual, what they do isn't really a, isn't, it's a, it's not really the big deal. Right. Mm. But it's, it's, are you remorseful for it? Do yes. you understand what you did was wrong? Yeah. If, if you're honest with me and come to me and say, I'm sorry, I, I, I couldn't care less what you broke. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. But yeah. you coming to me doing that, knowing that it shows that I'm raising a woman, I'm raising a man, mm-hmm. right? I'm not just raising a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm raising, I'm raising something, mm-hmm. you know, and they're in the right direction. But yeah, when you catch them and, and they don't, and they're unremorseful for things, um, yeah. that's, I, I could see my God looking at me and like, if you're not remorseful for it, why would I, why would I forgive you? Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no, you're going to get punished if you don't show remorse for it. Mm-hmm. You show remorse and, and come to me with the list of, of what, what you did wrong and why you did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can wash away anything. Yeah. But if you, if you, if your mindset is, well, I can, I can act however I want in public. Cause my father's going to forgive me. Mm-hmm. If I come and act mm-hmm. privileged or act, yes. then, then I know my God reprimands me. Mm-hmm. And his, when I'm reprimanded by, by the father, it, it always hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's never good. <laughs> yeah. I had a moment this week where I was just sitting there and I thought, man, out of all the things that God could like require, he could have, the rules are his. He could have established anything, but what he established is that I personally Megan, I don't have to do anything. I just have to accept God's grace and ask for forgiveness. And like, that is, that's good enough. And Mm -hmm. that's all I need and nothing else. I don't have to like go out and do anything or, you know, get so many people into heaven to get into heaven. Like I just, it's such a personal relationship. And that filled me with such peace this week where I was like, Oh, I'm just, I'm so blessed that like, mm-hmm. this is, these are the terms. This is the agreement. And, um, how can I, how can I share that with other people? Right? Like, I think yeah. this message is definitely spurring that, that question. How can I share this with other people? And, um, how can I get the person who is a sinner to like hate their sin enough where they accept God's grace? And mm-hmm. that, that can be really complicated, even for like the most seasoned Christian, right? Yeah. Like how, Cause you're not just going to say to somebody, well, you're, you're a sinner and you're really bad, yeah. you know, right? Like how can we kind of bring them to that on their own understanding so that they can have that personal relationship with God? Mm-hmm. He's saying there is a comprehensive character to your salvation. And you can sum it up with three P's that Jesus has saved us from the penalty of sin. He's saving us from the power of sin. And he's going to someday save any of us who have committed our lives in relationship to him from the very presence of sin and allow us to live for eternity in an environment where there is no temptation to, suffering from, or struggling with sin. We will be totally free from it. It is a comprehensive salvation. But what he's saving us from is from sin's penalty. And the book of Romans tells us what that is. It says the wages of sin is death. Paul's saying what we deserve is death. And it's not talking about physical death. It's talking about a spiritual death. The book of Ephesians talks about it. It says people who don't know Jesus are dead in their transgressions and their sins. Meaning before Jesus, 
you're not able to even respond to God. You, you can't understand what he's even saying to you, which is, which is why like when you have people in your life who aren't Jesus people, you, you can't hold them to the same standard that you hold yourself to because they haven't been illuminated. They haven't been exposed to the truth. They are, Paul says, they are like a spiritual corpse. And that's, that's, uh, that soundbite's like what you just finished uh, talking about, Megan. The, how, do you, how do you convince people that don't know Christ uh, to hate their sin? Mm-hmm. And, and where, where Pastor was just saying right there, it's like they're, they're judged differently. Mm-hmm. You know, those people that don't know the truth are judged differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I think as a society, we, we, can, we sometimes lob our advancement of understanding of grace mm. to to other populations of the world to other populations of the country to other populations of the city to other people that were brought up different to other people that don't have our experiences we think that we, while we are being judged on, a, on an equally similar plane the ones that aren't playing the game are not being judged yet mm. you know yeah and and that's I think that's a good reminder for all of us to remember that everyone's on their journey. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their, uh, everyone's on their own journey. They're and they're some are further along on the trail than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's something I came la- the last few years that I've came to a good peace with. Mm-hmm. That I, when I see somebody close to me doing obviously dumb stuff. Um, I don't have to run in there and fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to run in there and be like, this is the way you you should be living your life. My example of how I live my life should be a good example for the people around yeah. me. Yeah. It, when God trusts me with the opportunity to speak life onto people, I do. But I also understand that like, while they're not where they could be, mm-hmm. it's not my job necessarily to make sure that they're there and, and know, because they're on a journey. They're on their, and they're, God's giving them their little bit of truth as they go. Yeah. Right. That's like my big takeaway from that was like, patience is super important. Like patience for people is like super, super important. Cause I, I was, it's interesting that he says they're spiritually dead. They're like, they're, they're dead. And like the first thing that came to mind, and I don't reckon, I don't remember if this movie is inappropriate or not. So I don't want to recommend watching this movie. Um, maybe see YouTube clips to see my illustration, but there was a movie, two movies in the eighties, uh, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> and the concept of weekend at Bernie's was, um, there was these, um, two guys that worked for a, a man. They were supposed to do this weekend trip with him. And I want to say in the movie, that he was going to fire them at the end of it or something like that. Like he was going to let them go, but that in the process he dies. Oh, okay. And so these two guys say, Hey, to kind of keep things rolling, we're going to move him around. It's, it's a very silly concept, but people loved it to the point where like, give it a sequel and make the sequel ridiculous. Because it's one of those things where like thinking the sequel, like every time music came around, his body would start moving and stuff. It was very, very weird. But the, the process. Yeah, the, no, no, it's a dead body. Yeah. Yep, that, yes. I don't know if, if Dallas's explanation. It's, it's a corpse. It's, it's a, a corpse. Yeah, it's a corpse. Pastor Sean said, I was like, that is a very jarring word. But like, yeah, but <laughs> like they put sunglasses on him, his head's tilted, yeah. like, yeah, but yeah. they're trying to move him and guide him. <laughs> in the ways that they think are best. And so I re- I think that it's, with the spiritually dead patience and just guidance, I think are huge. 
just show guidance. Yeah. I, you know, because sometimes we go, okay, well, hey, they're, you know what? They're, they're far from Jesus. They don't understand Jesus. So like, we kind of want to throw in the towel and go, uh-huh. well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a dead case, but no, they're, they just need guidance direction. So what you said, Keith, is mm-hmm. a, your life, your example is, is guidance, you know, how you approach this, you know, this thing, you know, with your work, with your life, with your marriage, with yeah. how do you approach that? That's guidance to where you hope that it, when they see that, you know, they'll experience that. And so, excuse me, what I love about uh, one of the small groups me and Keith go to is we'll, ha- we'll go around a circle and kind of give guidance. And some people are blown away by it, like, oh, I never thought of it like that. I never thought of looking at my, you know, as a, as a dad like that, as a husband like that, you know, and it's, it's very enlightening to see these people. And they're, and these are spiritually dead people, but some of them are very, very new to their faith. Mm. And so just to give that guidance, I think is one of the reasons why that uh, our small group is so great to go to is because we're just going around saying, Here, here's what I do. Here's what helps me or here, here's what I'm struggling with. It is like, Oh, cause that's the thing too, is I think sometimes the spiritually dead need to know that we're not perfect. Yeah. That we're, yeah. we're, 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 we have struggles, but we just go to the source who will help us yeah. with yeah. our struggles. Yeah. That's, uh, I've, I always lead with the, with the more of an approach of, I, I don't really, I don't use words often if I don't have to, but mm-hmm. if you, if, if you see something in me, like a general, a, 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 a sweeping piece, or joy, and you want that, come and get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm a, I, I, that's a like a life motto of mine. Like if you, if you, if you want something, I have, come and get it. Because yeah. I, I, I'm willing to give it away in spades for free. Yeah, but I also, I'm not one of those people. I, I'll, I'll never be a person. I mean, I know you're never supposed to say never, but it would be very hard for me to say that I'm going to be ever be a person picketing on a street corner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not my approach in right. discipling people. It's not my approach in my walk with faith. It's not my approach in example of Christ. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a more of a quiet person that is living my life the to the best way I can today. Mm-hmm. And if it's attractive to some people, heck yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing that's coming to mind is relationship for me. Like if you're walking along in life with whoever, whoever is, is dead in their sin. Right. But like, you're there, um, you're going to be instilling some of this stuff without having to like explain it or explain their sin to them. Right. Um, something that really stood out to me in this clip was pastor Sean. And I remember this in service too, when he said the power of sin. So God Jesus came to save us from the power of sin. And I just think, okay, so they're sitting there within having this, this power, this stronghold over them. And I don't know if I ever thought about it that way. Right. But Mm -hmm. like I have the power of Jesus Christ in me. And so when I'm there and I'm in their presence and I'm with them, the power of Jesus overrules the power of sin. And so to just be there again in that relationship where you can connect with them and do life with them and cry with them and laugh with them, that, that's where they start to see, okay, I want what you have. I want that joy. I want that peace. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like where that, that change can happen and they can stop being dead. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. I, what is, what is, so we're, we're going to this place that sin doesn't exist. Not like it, we would be sinless. We're going to be sinless when we get to heaven. Like what is, I can't even wrap my brain around that. Mm-hmm. Like same. Even down to like, I mean, TV programs, you know, like, <laughs> like Dude. music, like yeah, we'll be without with without sin, even the even the smallest thing, even mm-hmm. like like 
I, I, my guess is that like when I get to heaven, I'd like to venture to guess that there will be foods that I, I really enjoy that, mm-hmm. but I won't be gluttonous about it. Cause that'd be sinful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so is there going to be like this line where like, I'm like, nope, a couple bites. I was good. Yeah. This is great pizza from Italy for sure. Uh, but I'm, the two bites were good. I'm good. Yeah. But I think you'll be fully satisfied. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's, that's a lot of what life without sin is going to look like. It's fully satisfactory. Yes. Like we're not, we're not held back. We're not repressed. We're just like, we're living in the fullness that we were created for. Yep. And so we will feel so full. Mm. So I'm, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, you, you took the, the, the word I was going to say is the fullness. Yeah. You'll be in the fullness, the fullness of joy, the fullness of, of yeah. it all. And so I think that's- yeah. But I could probably go for seconds then. On the I pizza. mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's going to be just a buffet. It's going to be a buffet. You're going to get, you're going to get bread and tea from Chelsea. You're going to, you get some espresso from, from uh, Mugello. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be just it's all of it. It's going to be so good. So I was at a restaurant uh, a couple weeks ago with some friends and, um, a great taco place. And we prayed right before we ate dinner. And I kind of had this like little vision as uh, my friend was praying for our meal. I felt like in heaven, this is what we're going to be doing. I'm going to be with my friends, having a meal, praying, and Jesus is going to be right there with us. And I was like, oh, that's going to be like heaven. Like where we're just, we're all together in it. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited for that, but man, we got, we got to wade through some stuff first, right? Like we got to get yeah. through this life and we need to pull as many people with us as we possibly can. And I love that that's uh, Paul's charge to Timothy because sometimes we probably need to be, it's easy to live our lives publicly on social media and yet privately in our faith. <laughs> oh, that was unwritten gang. There you go. Yeah. I, that down. I would I'd press the 10 second rewind button on that guy. Yeah. Right. So, so how can we be better at sharing our faith at sharing the gospel? What does that look like for us? And yeah, we can't just sit and like you said, stand on the, on the street corner that doesn't necessarily bring people to Christ. Pastor Dallas, I was excited to hear some of your thoughts too on like, do you feel like you're the guy in the grocery store who like can turn around in line and like say something to somebody? Cause I feel like that's you. Um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I, 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 um, I sometimes I have to hold back. I was, uh, I just saw this recently. Uh, oh yeah. I, the other, I, I wanted to start a conversation with the guy, uh, because of a Jersey he was wearing. And it wasn't like my favorite jersey or my favorite team, but I was like, I want, and I had to go. Don't start a conversation with him. He's like, don't do that. You, don't, you know. But I, I, so I guess I am. But I, I do. Yeah. It, it made me stop when you when you said people around your table, and I want to do this forever. Like, man, that that convicted me in a way because I, we we have this mind, mentality of man, I would just want this to last forever, mm. and that's what heaven is. Yeah, it's forever. Yeah. And so I, if if that doesn't push you, yeah. To, to, you know, be Christ-like around those people who don't know Jesus, like that should motivate you. Is like, I want to be with this person forever. Mm-hmm. And, and if I believe that there's an eternity in heaven, then I want these people with me for eternity. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and so in a way it's like, you have to think about it. Cause sometimes we're like, well, if I could just have my wife, and my kids, I'd be fine. But what if you get annoyed with your wife and kids in eternity? Maybe you need to go like, Hey, we're not married anymore. Like technically we died. So I'm going to go hang out with my friend over here. And so, you know, like I know it's going to come off selfish, but like really the reality is, yeah, we gotta, I think that should motivate us more and more, motivate me more and more. 
uh, to think about like family members and friends and people, even in all of their, cause sometimes too, like people will say, do things and you're like, you go, ugh, I can't believe he said that or she said that. And that shouldn't make you turn away. It should make you turn toward and go, yeah, I need to, I need to live like Jesus as best I can around that person. Yep. So that when they have that point where they just go, what am I doing? Yeah. That, that conversation can start and that, and that reality can sink in. And, you know, some of my friends, they just, they, they know the truth and it's just got to remind them like, now let that truth set you free. Mm-hmm. So. Well, one of, one of, the last, the last, we could probably say the last three years have been kind of suspect, right? Not, mm-hmm. not probably the best we've seen, <laughs> but, uh, um, when we were in, when we were in quarantine, we'd started a pocket church, uh, pastor Sean and Sonny were adamant about still getting together with people. If you feel safe to do that, to get together with people and, and watch the message. And so every Sunday we had a, this, we had a pocket of, uh, people. And it, it quickly, it wasn't even a, a pocket after a while. It was like 30, 40 people were showing up at this house. Mm-hmm. It was legitimately was turning into a church and we watched the message and everyone brought a dish to pass. And it was Sunday mornings and it was breakfast and coffee and kids were running around playing with each other. And I remember every Sunday that my family that went there was, we were so excited for church. Like the, I, if, if there's things we miss, in, in these last three years, because not all of it was bad, mm-hmm. right? I miss that. I do think that heaven's a lot like that. Just the laughter, the yeah, the 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 children were playing. The I mean, our kids would we would we all be watching the message in this living room, just packed with people, mm-hmm. and our kids would run up, give us hugs to each other, and then run back downstairs and go play. And the coffee never tasted better. And and Shelby was an amazing, I mean, Shelby can cook, right? <laughs> so I think heaven's a lot like that. And as yeah. we're talking about heaven, about, yeah. you know, the, it, it's it's like one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. And we're like, we probably should go. I mean, yeah. we've been here since 30. <laughs> right. And so like, I'm like, all right, hun, just go grab the coffee. We got to go. Yeah, Let's we gotta get, go. get the kids. We got to go. I mean, <laughs> Dallas and Shelby probably want their house back. But like. Yeah, it's never we're never going to want to end. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. I look forward to it. I mm-hmm. there are things there are things as this this segment has turned into a talk of heaven that I do <laughs> love of this earth. Like I do I like giving my wife a hug is one it's like one of the most best things on earth. I hope I can still do that in heaven. Hug? You no. Know? Yeah. I hope that it, while while the the book says we are we are no longer married, we're not married or unmarried. Uh I I, I like giving her a hug. Yeah. But then I wonder, is giving her a hug, is, is that because I've, I I feel very close to God at that moment? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. our union has turned, we are uh, trying to exemplify what God is mm-hmm. as to become one. And maybe, maybe that's what I'm feeling. Yeah. But you know what, if I had a choice today, if you ask me with where I am in my, in my faith, I, I sure hope I can hug my wife in heaven. Yeah. Sin has some of you captive. You are captured by it. You are, you are in chains of it. You, you, you have this, uh, like a, you feel a reciprocity, like you, like you owe sin something. I've, I've seen people who live their lives even after they give their lives to Jesus as if they are indebted to sin more than as if they are indebted to their salvation. And, and they live their lives dragging these things 
behind us. But, but Paul says that Jesus has saved us and called us with a holy calling to live a holy life. Remember last week, I told you holy isn't like sinless. Holy is that we live our lives separate. We, we live our lives being different than the world. If, if you are a follower of Jesus, you should not only be holy, separate, you should also be growing in your holiness. You should be more holy now than you were this time last year. Conversely, you should be more holy this time next year than you are now. You, you shouldn't be committing the same sins. You're gonna be committing sins. I'm not trying to let you off the hook. I'm just trying to help you not live in that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who live in Christ Jesus. You're gonna have sin in your life. You know why? Because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. While we're on earth, we will always have a sin nature. But I don't commit the same sins now that I did 10 years ago. My friend Antonio used to say this phrase, I'm not sinless, but my desire is to sin less. And uh, I remember first hearing that and going like, well, I don't, can we sin less? You know, because I think the mindset was that I would, I would go from one sin to another. And, um, and that was, and it's interesting. And he said it, we sometimes so, so much focus on the sin and we, we feel like we, you know, we have to pay penance to the sin that we're not looking at our salvation and what salvation does. And so like, yes, I am, you know, I am sinning less in areas and I'm thankful for it. And I'm thankful for that God is maturing me and, and, and strengthening me. And so I think in those times of progress, I think it's so important to give God praise because God, like you took me from, I mean, a place that I, I, I remember asking myself this question, you know, I, I'm, I'm very into sci-fi stuff and you know there there's you know in the comics there's the multiverse where there's multiple versions of yourself and and I remember having this conversation with Shelby going I wonder if there's a version of me you know if there's a version of me that didn't give his life to Jesus what would he be like and I just remember going I don't know if I'd like him I think he would I don't know if you'd have ambition. I don't, you know, there's all these things that I, and you know, really give God credit for that becoming a Jesus person has given me purpose and calling and, and direction that I'm super thankful for. And so that progress makes me go, God, thank you so much. And so again, going back to not living in guilt, but living in salvation, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. You know, the old is gone, the new has begun. And so in that new, I need to remind myself, don't bring old sins, old old sins that you deliver to God, that you surrender to God, you know? Cause there's, there's that's, we have to remind yourselves too is like, why am I allowing this addiction to bother me that, that I've surrendered that to God? Why am I? And so you have to then go, okay, what are some things that I have to remove from my life and remove again? Like, what are things I brought back in that triggered old sins? You know, like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to give this band a try again. Like, no, you shouldn't, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hey, I'm going to give this, this, this substance a try again. No, you shouldn't, yep. you know, but it's legal now. No, you shouldn't, you know, like, yeah. it, like those are th things I think they have to remind yourself, like, don't go back to those old sins, you know, uh, remind yourself that you are now mature and your growth and, and God has delivered you from that. Mm -hmm. The concept of being captive to your sin kind of like triggers me. Cause I'm like, 
I'm an independent woman. I ain't need no sin in my life to be holding me back. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I want the opposite. What is the opposite? Holy, you got it. I'm separate, man. Sign I, me up. Yeah, sign me up. I want, I want to be on the, on the holy train. And so, you know, I, and I, that can be a point of frustration for me. Um, I want to be more holy than I am. Right. Or I want to be, I want to be better than I am. And why am I here? I'm just here and I'm frustrated. Um, and so, and, but even in that, what pastor Sean said, conviction indebted, are you indebted to sin more than your salvation? Yeah. So am I focusing more on this, more on the chains and the, in the handcuffs that maybe were, or, or some that still are more than, uh, the salvation that I have through Jesus. So am I looking forward or backwards? It's, that's really what it comes down to. Which way are you looking? Yeah. Right. It's like when you're driving and you kind of look off the road and the car goes, yeah. stay, stay focused, stay looking forward. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. I am definitely bound by sin. And like, if I, if, and this is not a, uh, oh, oh my gosh, what are you, but I am, I'm, I'm completely bound by it. By myself, I'm, I am a liar, a cheat and a thief yeah. by myself. I'm, useless, mm. not only to myself and the people around me, but I'm actually a detriment to mm. myself and the people around me. Uh, by admitting that, by admitting that, like by admitting my defeat to sin opened up the door for me to actually win the war on it. Wow. Cause I am defeated myself. Absolutely. I am, I am, you all wouldn't be my friend uh. if I didn't have Christ because not because I couldn't play in your guys' club, mm-hmm. But because I'm a I'm a I'm a bad person without Christ. Yeah. When Christ came to me, he wrote he rewrote yeah. a ver- the version of me that is active. Yeah. I think there is a multiverse. Mm-hmm. But it's it's playing in God's world at all points in time, and my decisions definitely mm-hmm. alter my my ultimate my alter alternate dimension of yes. myself. You know, uh, without without Christ, yeah, I am. I'm horrible, but Christ is not bound by any of these things. Yeah. So yeah. the more I, I infiltrate the word, the more I have him come into me, the more I, just the more I am surrounded by Christ. Now that war against sin has been won. Yeah. I, I'm thankful that um, sometimes you talk about your past. Like no, I'm, I'm saying as in general, sometimes as a person, and one of the things that makes me thankful for what God has done is when you say certain things like I used to do this or be this and people are like, really? Mm-hmm. I Really? Like, you know, I, I would tell people that I used to have a really bad anger problem and I, I remember someone going, really? And I'm like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Because if you ask some of my homies back in the day, they're like, yeah, he did. <laughs> like he had a bad anger problem. Mm-hmm. And, and I thank God that he's matured me from that right. where I don't, I don't lash out and I don't scream or I don't do things I used to do anymore, you know, and, and that it's, so it's always, it's, it's, it's tough when your past comes up and go, remember you were in that person, mm-hmm. but I always love it that people in your present will go, I don't see that person. Mm-hmm. And then I can't take credit for that. That's all glory to God. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's I've surrendered my life to, because just like you said, yes, by myself, I can only go so far, but with Christ, I can go even further and he can do the yeah. unthinkable in my life. And so those reminders is, is again, 
reason to go to God and say, thank you. Like yeah. I have a reason to pray. I have a reason to worship. Mm-hmm. I have a reason to dive into his word. It's because of what he has done in me and what I want him to continue to do in me. I want to sin less and less and less because of him. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm the same way. I want to sin less and less. Do I still sin? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But like pastor, what pastor said, what really stuck to me this morning with that when I heard that was, yeah, my benchmark for Keith's success, like what I rate myself on, is continuously being risen because he demands it from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't just kind of sit back and be like, well, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm doing okay. If I, if I don't improve much else. I pass people be like, yeah, he lived a good life. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ demands more for me. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So the level of how I grade myself on a day-to-day basis, that arc has definitely swung up. Um, I'm not committing the same sins I did last year. If I, if I was, then I'd be wasting Christ's time. I would legitimately be wasting his salvation. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I, if I sat on my laurels like that, but with that too, I didn't get to this point. Overnight, I've been I've been a Jesus person for twenty years, right? Right, and and still, there are still a lot of days where I'm like, yeah, oh, you really crapped the bed on that one, man. <laughs> you know. And that's twenty years in, yeah. And my, that's twenty years in of like every day making it a point to be better at yeah. it. And that's so. It's not like I'm just biding my time, you know. It's not like I'm just kind of like coasting. It's I'm actively trying to get better on a day-to-day basis, taking daily inventories of my life on a mm-hmm. day-to-day basis. So trust me, if you if you guys aren't at that point where you're doing that on a day-to-day basis, no, it's a road. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it, it, it's, it's hopefully going to be a long one for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be one of those where you're, you know, you're going to pop on a plane and you're going to be in Tokyo in 12 hours. All right. Yeah. That's, that's not the route we're going with this Christ journey. Yeah. Hopefully you have a lot of time to mature. Yeah. To, 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 and, and so Pastor Barry said something this week to me. He goes, the, the translation, uh, the strive for perfection. Perfection in the Bible is not really like perfect, like without flaw. Perfection is actually translated biblically as in just maturing. So, huh. yes. so when you just strive for maturing, that whole sentence changes its perspective then. Mm. When, when perfect is said in the Bible, it's a mature perfect. It's just to get more mature, to f- better grow. Mm-hmm. In, in this, there was only one that was truly perfect yeah. as we define it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of us have, will fall short yep. if we yeah. grade ourselves completely on that. Mm-hmm. But that's the benchmark you want in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that. Will I ever hit that target? Very no. Yeah. <laughs> but if that's a target I'm shooting for, whatever I'm, whatever I'm aiming at, God, I'm going to get close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If I aim for nothing, I'm always going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's true. Because thousands of years before he was even born, this book said grace was given before the beginning of time. But if we weren't created yet, how is that even possible? Well, here's the deal. In God's mind, you were created. This is what's baffling to us. Before the beginning of time, God was planning both your existence and your relationship with him. The prophet Jeremiah said, long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. The word everlasting means that there was no beginning and that there was no end. He said, I loved you with an unfailing love. I have drawn you 
to myself. Our salvation comes out of the everlasting, unchanging love of God. Do you really think God's love for you is going to be affected by how you behave? Now, your entrance into heaven definitely will be affected by how you behave, but, but God's love for you won't be affected by how you behave before the world began. Before there was a sun shining in its radiance, a moon reflecting the sun's light, an earth to walk on, or a Nile River snaking from the center of Africa through the center of Egypt into the Mediterranean Sea, God gave us his saving grace in Jesus. And that truth should produce two things in us, deep humility and total peace. Deep humility because our salvation isn't based on our actions or our achievements, and total peace because nothing will ever separate us from the love of Christ. I love this. I love everything about this. Deep humility and total peace. And when I think about God thinking of me and knowing my relationship even before there was an earth, man, I, it just like, it brings me to my knees. I mean, really, it's just such a humbling moment um, when you think about that. And I feel like we can get caught up in all of this stuff, right? Like we we live in the present uh, because the present is really all we can do and like know how to live in. But God transcends that. And he um, sees time. Again, I, I had a life group and we talked through this and um, how like God almost time is like a circle to him. Like it does, it, for us, it's kind of a line, but for God, it's a circle. And that gives me so much peace when I think about what's going on and in the world and like what's around me and um, who's saying what and the struggles that I'm up against and the problems I'm facing to just know that like there has been plan, there has been a purpose. And all I have to do again is sit back, be still, child of mine, just be still and trust in me because I've got you. I'm fighting your battles for you. I know where I'm taking you. And the plan that I have for you is good because I know that you desire righteousness and you want to be close to me. And so to keep that in mind as our, again, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be Jesus, but we can always be closer and closer to him. So what am I doing today that's bringing me closer to Jesus? How am I bringing somebody else closer to Jesus? And we're just constantly getting closer and closer towards our end goal where there will be that complete fullness. Yeah. We were talking about like, you know, heaven and bringing people there and being attracting. And, and I, I honestly think the two things that pastor said, deep humility and total peace, those are very attractive to people. Yeah. When they go, wait, why are you so humble? And why are you so much in peace? that question that gets asked and the story you get to tell. And, and so I think it's, it's as believers, it's so important to strive for those two things and know that those two things are available to you at, because of what Jesus has done and to walk in those things. Not only will it benefit your life, but it'll benefit people in your circle and mm-hmm. your surroundings, even outside your circle uh, and go, wow, that is an interesting way to react to that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, it's, it, to me, it kind of helps answer the question, why does God allow, you know, bad things and certain yeah. things? And I think because if we strive to him and we go to him through everything, not only it benefit our lives, it'll benefit other people's lives. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you reacted to that. I thought that was going to be your breaking point. 
I thought that was going to be the thing that made you go, all right, I'm, I'm tired of prayer. I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I think honestly, deep humility and, and total peace is what takes us from having just a religion and a belief in God to a relationship with God. So good. That when you allow that relationship to come in, that you, you get to live in that deep humility and go, man, you know, um, whatever you got to do in my life, do it because mm-hmm. what you have done, I am benefiting so much from, and I am maturing so much from and total peace, meaning it's not my will, but his will. And so whatever he's got to do, I'm going to let him do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what he'll do. You know, that piece, like, no, it's, it's in God's hands and, and it's, there's no better hands to have it in. Yeah. He, he, he knew us before we were born. Um, that's such a, like, that's such a baffling thing to just try to comprehend that we were accounted for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the beginning we were accounted for. Yeah. Which then when, it, when I look at my relationship with God, it, my relationship with God isn't, it's, it's, it's not foreign. Mm-hmm. It's, it makes total sense, not on a practical standpoint that he's known me for 12,000 years. Yeah. Or if you're a believer of millions of years and millions of years, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever the date that is that he knew me before then. Yeah. So he knew all the variations that I would be and mm-hmm. could be. He knew all the choices I could make and, and wouldn't make. Yeah. He knew that I could be a, a good servant and a good warrior in, in his army. Yeah. And he also saw a version of me that was not. And, and the love thing, like his unfailing love. Like I love that terminology. It's unfailing love. There's there's activity to it. There's there's power behind it. And you said it perfectly. All these scenarios. Because I think about me. If someone said to me, let's say a time traveler. I'm talking about multiverse and time travel. <laughs> but let's just say time traveler me said, "Hey, um, just want you let you know, today at two thirty, you're going to be let go from your job." Just want to let you know, would I go into work like with the same exuberance and excitement and happiness and purpose, <laughs> knowing that that later that day I am going to be fired? No, I'd be like, I probably would show up late. I wouldn't care. My kid's going to let me go anyways. My, you know, my time traveler self told me say like, or if, if, you know, someone came to me and said, Hey, time traveler, I just want you to know that today uh, is when you find out your wife cheated on you. Like, would you still have that excitement and like to go home? Would, would I go home? You know, and so God, like you said, no, you know, gave us grace before everything began. He knew, he knew, and he still, and I think that that's, it makes me stop my tracks and go, wow, Mm -hmm. how great is his love for me. Yeah. Nothing can separate us from his love. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. And he knows everything. Yep. And still he says nothing. Mm -hmm. I still love you. Yeah. And my love for you is unfailing. Yeah. It doesn't quit. It doesn't give up. I have reasons to. <laughs> and that's why I think I'm so glad that we serve a God who doesn't think like we think and doesn't respond like we respond, that he is a greater God. And that's why I, my relationship with him is so crucial because again, this is a being far beyond myself. And mm-hmm. and that's why you can't relate Christianity to cults. We don't serve other humans. We don't worship other human beings who are, you know, who are finite like us. Mm-hmm. 
We serve and we have relation with the God of the universe, the creator of all things. And we, and we, ha- and, and we are thankful for his son who was also 100%, was perfect, 100% God, 100% man. So these are things beyond our scope and beyond our, 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 our way of even comprehending. That's why I strive and I live for him because his love for me is, is unfailing. And yet he knows all things and he still chose to love. Yeah. Yeah. He- God wants you to get better though. Yeah. With, with all that, uh, as we're, as we're closing up the, this episode, God wants you to get better. He wants you to improve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He wants you to grow. Yeah. He wants you to mature in that maturing comes perfection. The act of maturing is perfect. Mm -hmm. He wants you to get close to him. He wants you to, when you're, when you're, when your legs are strong enough to walk, he wants you to run. Yes. And when your legs are strong enough to run, he wants you to pick up somebody and run with them. Yeah. You know, this is, this is hopefully not a short journey for you. Yeah. So get, just get better. Mm -hmm. Where you're at is where you're at. It's fine. Yep. But that's not an excuse for you to be there tomorrow or the next day or next week. Yeah. You know, if you're, if we're still, if we're still kicking the tires on some of these issues in a year from now, how much do we grow? Mm-hmm. You know, so get, just get better. And that's what, that's what this, these, this chapter was for me. Yeah. Just, just get better. Right. Just, just do better. Yeah. What you're doing is fine, but God doesn't want fine. Yeah. Yep. God just wants, wants more of you. Yeah. All of you, your banged up, bruised up, bloody damaged self. Mm-hmm. He wants even more of it. Yeah. And you'll come a point that you're going to be not only uh, wanting that, but you're, you're going to say, God demands it from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it excites me Yeah, mm-hmm. because the trust he puts in all of us when he starts demanding stuff from you, that's all that, that type of responsibility comes with a vast amount of trust. Yeah. And if the father has that kind of trust for you yeah. and you're getting that calling on your heart, man, you got to start running. You got to start running towards him mm-hmm. and bring as many people as you can. Yeah. And I, my hope is with people listening today, they'll say, you know what? I, I need to be reminded of the value of my salvation. Yeah. That my salvation isn't a lesser, I don't have the generic version of salvation. Right. Right? Yeah. And, brand, and, and this person has the, rain, the name brand. Like mm-hmm. my salvation is top shelf, top quality. OEM. And yeah. And it's, and it's, it has a value that is, that is, it's not even worth, you know, if someone was, you know, you have something so valuable and they're like, how much? And you're like, I can't even tell you a price. Yeah. That I hope that people are reminded that your salvation that you accepted isn't cheap. It isn't less than, it is powerful and it's available and it's for you. And so that you can pick it back up and stop looking at your sin and start looking at what Jesus can do with your sin. And that's totally release it. Yeah. That, I love it. Your salvation is the same as all of our salvation. Yep. yep. You know, it's all, it's all the same. Yep. So, Hey, thank you for joining us for uh, today's episode of chew on that. Hey, if you enjoyed the episode and think someone, you know, may benefit from the topics we discussed, Hey, please share the link to this podcast and your social media platforms, as well as giving us good reviews. Even if it's just, I think you guys are quirky. <laughs> you're a little weird, you're, but lovable. You're a little weird. <laughs> I accidentally pressed the Subscribed a few weeks ago, yeah. and I, I just play when it yeah. plays next. That's Two totally of those cool. guys are nerds. Can you guess? <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. Thanks for listening. Where guys. do we go from here? Um, home. No. <laughs> we'll see. See you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, come hungry because next week we're gonna chew on that. Well, no, that's not how you do it. No. Oh wait, wait, come hungry because next week we're gonna. 
chew on that. There, there it is. I love it. <laughs> I didn't laugh, David. I didn't laugh. Oh